0: Are you tired of generic, mass-produced furniture that falls apart after a few months? It's time to invest in high-quality, custom-made furniture from a skilled carpenter. At Esquivel Carpentry, they specialize in creating unique, one-of-a-kind pieces that will last a lifetime, from sturdy tables and chairs to elegant bed frames and bookcases. They have the skills and experience to create any type of furniture you can imagine. So why settle for generic furniture when you can have something truly special? They are a small local business, so go check out their website today at esquivalcarpentry.com to learn more about their custom carpentry services and if they are located near you. Bienvenidos to Melo Merezco. I'm your host, Andrea Teeda. In this show, we learn from amazing individuals who are at different stages of their journey. These are individuals with different careers, who took the leap, are breaking generational patterns, and are creating their own reality. Therefore, with any goals we have, these conversations remind us that Melo Merezco. No other explanation needed. Welcome back everybody to another episode of Metal Menisco. We have another awesome guest today, Carolina. She's a social media marketer, so I'm really excited to learn more about her story. So with that being said, Carolina, thank you so much for being here. How are you? I'm good. I'm so happy to (laughs) be here. Thank you for having me. No, no problem. I'm so I'm so honored. So let's start with the first question of how did you get started? Like what were those events or experiences that kind of led you to becoming a social media marketer?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, back in 2020, in the middle of COVID, I feel like a lot of stories start (laughs) nowadays. Um, Like back with COVID, uh, I was a flight attendant. Mm -hmm. So I had dreamed of being a flight attendant since I can remember since I was so small because, or like so young because Mm -hmm. my mom was also a flight attendant growing up. So I would watch her and it was just always like a big dream for me. And then right before covid in 2019 the process of becoming a flight attendant can take months to Mm. i think up to six months from when i Uh interviewed i actually became a flight attendant and then the training process um and so forth so by the time i started flying was the end of 2019 and then covid hit started kind of you know gradually coming out there january come february and then march is really i think when things started shutting down but I had just started getting comfortable with mm-hmm. my job in March, and so when everything shut down, that including that included restaurants and airports, that included you know flights, uh, that included us just not getting called in, mm-hmm. rarely ever. And then that also included when I would go fly, I would probably be isolated for a good twenty four hours before I could even see a family member, mm-hmm. or even if I was you know a tr- on a trip, I wouldn't go anywhere. I would just in my hotel room because I was scared (laughs) of going outside um so it was just a really it was a really weird and interesting experience I had during that time fast forward to that summer at that point I again it was still everything was still so fresh and we I it was completely unknown on when things were going to be done or when things were going to get better Mm -hmm. and I think I was holding on to that hope of okay things might get better but By summer, I was just already burnt out and I was exhausted and I was missing my family. I was also living part-time in LA and I'm from Eugene, Oregon, so I was living part-time in LA and it just was. It was so weird it was just having to commute from like you know normal people commute 20 minutes half an hour or maybe max an hour mm-hmm. to their location i was commuting like six hours or four hours and on a plane ride wow. um uh, so by then i basically was like i need to do something different i i need to just yeah i need to look for something else that's gonna be better for my mental health be better for my my life in general i found afford for it, i found out about a virtual assistant that really changed the things for me um jessica hawks she went viral during that time about a virtual assistant job and she kind of talked about how she made x amount of money in a month or in four months and I love this business side of things, but I also um, had admin experience. So it seemed like I could do that. It seemed like things in my past I could apply to being a virtual assistant. You'd work remote and I basically jumped in like I when I, I'm the type of person that likes to jump head first. I rarely think about it. And that too, with, you know, with being, being a content creator, I have to jump into the idea and do it right in there, or else I won't do it, or I'll just, it'll be two weeks before I actually post something. So within like two week time frame, I had a call with Jessica. I had created my Instagram for the business. I had put together my packages and then I had my first call with my potential client. And it happened so fast. So basically, I was just doing two jobs, which I was very used to doing growing up. I would always like at least work two jobs that I was doing flight attendant and then also doing um, virtual assistant on the side from, I would say, end of summer through December. And then it became to the point where I was booked out with my clients. And I was yeah. what I was making as a virtual assistant replaced my income of being a flight attendant. And I was like, I wanna do this full time. So that's that's how I started in that area. Over the years, I've evolved to social media management and social media marketing strategist, what I call myself now. So I don't do VA stuff anymore. I just do social media management and social media marketing. But that's kind of the gist. (laughs) And
0: how how long did you do um, the virtual assistant? Yeah. And then pivoting into social media manager?
1: i would say um it was um a good year i would say definitely Mm -hmm. i did did virtual assistant for a whole year before i decided to pivot to just social media marketing and the biggest reason for my pivot was not only did i fell in love with social media i fell in love with the marketing side of things Mm -hmm. i found that my strengths were really in keeping up with the algorithm, creating content, kind of big picture, rather than just doing admin tasks. And what's so funny about this is I had, like I said, I had administration experience, I had been a receptionist, I was front desk at a salon and spa for about seven years. Mm -hmm. And I just did a lot of I was also a manager at the salon for a little bit. So my idea initially was, okay, I'll do Admin, because I'm good at it, because I'm mm. familiar with it. Not necessarily, I'll do admin and I'll do virtual assistant because I love it. So, for me, at first, it was like, I'm good at this. I'll do, um, you know, I'll continue, I'll do, take those skill sets and put it into virtual assistant. When, after a year, when I realized that my love for what I was doing was really based off of social media and marketing, hmm. that's when I pivoted to like, okay, I don't have to be doing things just from what I'm good at. I can actually evolve and focus on what I love to do versus things that I don't love to do. So
0: That's so interesting because there's like two things. There's like a question I want to ask, but also like point out where... I have this, like, membership where they talk about strengths and how there's, like, Mm -hmm. four, it's, like, a quadrant, and, like, the big one is, like, the zone of genius or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, like, if you find what your zone of genius is, which for you is, like, social media and all of that, Mm -hmm. then that's where you are able to make the most money. Um, Mm -hmm. But for you, when pivoting, I know it's, like, very hard for a lot of people Mm because it's, like, I'm doing this and then, like, having to do something else where what if my clients aren't into this or stuff like that. So for you, how is that? pivot and was it like scary to do or were you able to like say like I'm doing this and that's it
1: yeah so kind of going back to that mindset that I'm like I have to do it (laughs) in that moment or else I'm not going to do it or I'm going to wait um I was I was scared that I was going to either limit myself or not as many clients were inquire me of course um or that it was just going to be really hard for people to find me in general because by then i had already built this community on my instagram that's where i was getting all of my clients is mm. through instagram. and because back in 2020 tiktok had just started out but you know it wasn't really focused on business mm. um it was really just you know more of a creative fun app uh so by then i was really just focusing on instagram and getting clients to their So that was a little scary. But then when I made that shift after like a week, honestly, a week, two weeks, I felt a breath of fresh air. I really did. I felt like a big weight had been lifted off my shoulders. I knew it was right. I had uh, actually ended some contracts that I was doing virtual assistance with Mm -hmm. and I was... Again, it was to the point where I was like, okay, I know I want to continue doing what I love to do, but there are some aspects in being a virtual assistant that I didn't love. And so Mm -hmm. I think that was kind of contradicting to to what I really saw myself and how I saw my future with my business. So that, yeah, it was scary, but I knew it was the right after like a week, two weeks, I knew it was the right decision to make. So
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Because literally I was watching a video maybe like yesterday or two days ago where yeah. she was talking about like your mission in life and, and like what your purpose in life is type of thing. Yeah. And she was saying how you have to like feel it, but also y- that's gonna reflect on your bank account. So if you, you know you're doing the right thing, if you're yeah. seeing it in your bank account. So I was I thought it was like pretty yeah,
1: interesting. I like <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, it really, it, it, it's kind of a domino effect once you oh make, gosh. and if you feel it in your gut, all of the decisions i made thus far, specifically with my business too. I base it off a gut intuition feeling. I'm mm-hmm. really big on if it feels right or if it doesn't feel right, I won't go for it. But same with, you know, Jessica Hawks who was my mentor. I felt in my gut that she was the person that was going to um that I could connect with her and then what was amazing with that is um after our time together she saw my growth she saw my success so then fast forward to eight months later I think no eight months to a year later I actually became um a co-mentorship with her Mm -hmm. I did co-coaching with her so she me me and two other gals who had uh done her mentorship program a virtual assistant program had become co-coaches and then now I still work to her with this day I do her Pinterest management and so it's kind of just been a full circle of her mentoring me, but then now me working with her alongside of her. And it's it's really awesome to kind of see that. Um, and then how I've taken that, all of my experience with that and turn it into being a content creator. And this year's sp- focusing on that and um, not necessarily shifting, but like adding on to what I'm already doing, because I see from basically what this year has been for me, uh, I know we're already in March, but like, talking about being an <laughs> idiot be here. It's uh, being a contributor has really been a creative outlet for me because I do love social media so much and mm-hmm. i so business focused for me. Start when I did, when I started doing TikTok for myself and just, you know, my own freedom, my persona, just being myself, that really became a creative outlet for me. And so I was able to get the best, best of both worlds, I would say.
0: Yeah, that's actually interesting because I found you through TikTok, thinking you were like a fashion creator or like a lifestyle creator, but then um, it was after I, I clicked on your link where you had social media manager, and then I um, listened to your podcast episode where you were like, "Oh, I'm a I'm a virtual assistant business," and then like, so I was yeah. like, "Wait,
1: hold up, <laughs>
0: so, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what is this?" So yeah, I, so that was pretty. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty
1: that's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's basically how kind of it's evolved. So I still do my social media marketing business. I still have that. I have my clients mm-hmm. and um, that's my job. It's my full-time job. Um, but now I also do content creation and that's just me and my personality and nothing to do with business, all to do with fun, lifestyle, mm-hmm. beauty, makeup, I'm sorry, beauty, um, fashion, just all. All things that I love to do and bringing it onto the social media platform. But being a social media marketer, I'm able to take some of my tips and tricks that I've used with my clients and do it with myself. And it's been really fun to do that on TikTok. And mm.
0: that's awesome. I actually want to go with the going back to the um your your social media strategies yeah. like business yeah. of like when you started or even like your retro system business, like when you started, were there any like limiting? beliefs that you saw or like that were kind of like holding you back because i know you mentioned how you tend to execute quick but like even like um after that because i know for me my podcast i still have like those limiting beliefs of like oh you should be doing this and stuff so for you what were those beliefs that kind of like were telling like oh no don't do this and yeah. how are you how are you able to overcome them too
1: yeah those were big ones <laughs> So Those are such big ones. I think for anybody trying to venture into something new, but specifically in social media, or or even with and with a title or with a job that no one's ever heard of, or people are like, "What is that?" Yeah. Um, it honestly, for me, I had to completely put on my blinders and just not look at even because because I started my own account on Instagram specifically for business. So I didn't even focus on my personal page. I really Mm -hmm. post on that about what I was doing. I just basically put my blinders up and it was like no other thoughts allowed in my head um, because I know those thoughts will completely block me from moving forward or making that first post or getting on my Instagram stories and talking about what I wanna talk about um, regarding my business and starting things up. So. It was very much going into this mindset of um one i am the only one that's going to make myself move forward into xyz and Mm -hmm. build this path for me um two if other people that i know are probably watching and judging what does that matter <laughs> like who really cares like i could care but at the point i was at the point where it's like i was so motivated to just focus on my mental health and focus on building something that i i needed to do for myself that i was like i can't let other people's thoughts um, i can not get buried in other people's thoughts mm-hmm. um and then three i had a really great support system with my husband my at that time he was my fiance um and my mom was also very supportive at first my family was very much like wait what are you doing what is that and they didn't ask too many questions they were just like okay carolina um just you know doing her free spirit thing that she normally does um And because also I had the security of my flight attendant job, they were just kind of like, Oh, maybe it's a temporary she's doing. So I, they mainly focused on that. Um, but after, because I again went very fast and put a lot of effort and work into building that business after a month time span, I had two clients and, uh, after I got it was like after the first client people were like oh wait what are you doing again like they're actually intrigued and um my family was like wait that's really cool and then mm. fast forward three months later four months later when I announced that I'm not gonna be a flight attendant anymore and I'm gonna take this full time we're like this is awesome like this is really cool and that was really big for me and getting my family support I know that's not the same with everybody um it can be really really hard to have a support system or you know help people in your community and group understand like what it is you're doing, but at the end of the day, you are the only one that gets to make the decisions for yourself and create that life that you want to live. And you're also the only one that's, you know, creating that, um, financially that sustainability and moving forward. So that's what, that's what it came down to and just came down to mindset. A lot of a lot of mindset um and and yeah we work, <laughs> of work. Have, have you um
0: is there like any specific resources that you use because i know like limit, limiting beliefs or you like becoming aware of them oh actually let's go with that how did you become aware of those of those like beliefs that you had about yourself that that were limiting you and then yeah. what resources did you use
1: yeah i'm really really i'm actually a really big podcast person <laughs> i Same. love podcasts it's what i find um is we all have of course different ways to and take information different ways to learn things um so some people are more visual learners some people are more um need to do it some people need to write it down some people need to read read it as much as i want to be a reader i just I couldn't I I want to read I'm like saving me forever to read one book that I started at the beginning of the year I'm just not a reader and I want to be. but get me an audiobook and I'll finish that within a couple of weeks get me a podcast and I'll listen to like three a day I'm really really I'm very much an audio person so at that time in 2021 I had also you know decided to shift and look into this new venture I was also doing some kind of self-work already mm-hmm. uh I had been struggling with, you know, COVID, I think many of us started struggling with our mental health. Um, and then by just November, I started, um, I no, actually, sorry, by around August, around the time I decided to switch it up, I started going to my doctor more and I started doing some more therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had been diagnosed with depression and anxiety for Quite some time now. However, it was not until then that I decided that I was going to do medication. Um, not that I was against medication; I was just scared for the longest time. And uh, but at that point, I was to the point where it's like I I'm, I'll take anything. Like I'll make anything work because I was just not in a good mental health mindset. So. Uh, medication helped <laughs> for me specifically and getting my mind right and getting myself grounded. Um, but then again, doing these practices like podcasts, but I, bit, what it came down to, I think, I mean, I think I kind of learned the hard way. It's just like, I was very down on myself. I was depressed. I had anxiety. And I got to a point where I was like, I, I'm i like crying. And, um, and, you know, that like, feeling where like I can explain this way where you like feel like you you're frog in your throat you feel mm-hmm. like you're kind of like you're like basically like underwater kind of feeling like you're about yeah. to like, that's what I had felt constantly throughout those months and um and that was kind of my self-aware moment where like I need to make these changes mm-hmm. for myself because I'm the only one that's going to make them and as much as support as my therapist can give me and my husband and, the, and podcast and you know, all these other resources, it's really up to me to make those changes. Um, so that shift in, um, in my mindset, along with the support of all of the tools that I was using, I feel like really, really helped me just get through it all.
0: Mm yeah i think that's really important for me i'm also i listen to a bunch of podcasts do you have a specific podcast that you listen to
1: oh my gosh um Brene brown, Brené brown. <laughs> She does. so yeah it's unlocking us um like mm. two podcasts but unlocking us um she interviews a bunch of different uh not not even like celebrities but a different, bunch of different therapists a bunch of different people that do groundbreaking work mm. and Um, she herself is like this world-renowned therapist like she's Mm -hmm. amazing Um, and her podcasts are always like I after I listen to an episode I'm like my mind is blown and then I also listened at that time to um, super Oprah super soul podcast Mm -hmm. Uh, she doesn't I don't know if it's like act I don't think she comes out with new episodes anymore but it was very active at that time she had always come out with different episodes Mm -hmm. Um, so I did Oprah, Super Soul, and then Brene, Unlock- Brene Brown and us. um, those are I think my two go-to's for sure. Mm,
0: I actually haven't listened to them. Mostly I listen to, um, Jay Shetty, Lewis House, and then some Spanish ones I listen to dudas um okay. De Todo Mucho, mm-hmm. Febroca, stuff like that, but yeah I'll, yeah, I'll listen to some of them.
1: Yeah, I also like a lot of NPR, because NPR has some NPR. good spots and, um, yeah, they have, NPR has really good speech ones and other just, like, general mm-hmm. ones but are good for you, um, but, yeah, I, yeah, I love podcasts, and- <laughs> same, same, <laughs> um, I think, like, the story, like, personal drama is, like,
0: important to know, just because many of us, like, believe, oh, who want to start something, usually we have, um, a lot of constant, like, for me, it's like a bunch of like sadness or beliefs of I don't deserve it and stuff like that. And then being able to like hear your story and then like others, p- others um, stories, it kind of like motivates other people um, to know that they can do it and that they can start something. Yeah. Um, but for y- and for you, when you started that, there's also it's not only also working on our mindset but also the skills that we have. So for you, when you started all of this, I know yeah. you mentioned you had admin work and then you had um. Uh, like yeah. business management, all of that. So what were other skills that you kind of had to learn um, when you started your virtual
1: assistant business? Oh my gosh. it um, It is a testing testing uh, experience becoming an entrepreneur, becoming a business owner. There are, I, there are so many times where I not only was like, I don't know what I'm doing because this is new. And mm-hmm. honestly, when I first started, I didn't even look at it as entrepreneurship. I just looked at it as like a new job. I realized in the beginning that I was actually becoming a business owner that's what you are doing you're becoming a business owner you're you're filing your LLC you're going you're building your taxes you're doing your taxes um you're marketing yourself you're doing the client's work you're managing your expenses so it was a very it was a pretty overwhelming experience at first and Mm -hmm by no means is it linear. And it's I don't think it's meant to be linear, you know, being an entrepreneur or being a business owner, it's meant to go in waves. So there's a lot of ups and a lot of downs. And there was a lot of learning experiences, especially trying to balance that, uh, trying to balance that work life, personal life, uh, trying to balance all your client works and getting things done on time. And there were times where I honestly I would either either be late on something or I would do something wrong mm-hmm. and in that very beginning time frame really within that first year it's hard not to take things personally because you're doing everything on your own it's so hard not to be like like oh my god like the, I'm the worst <laughs> like I just negative self talk mm-hmm. and that was yeah that was really really big in the in the beginning just you're going through all these different experiences for the first time and it it can be toll. it can be a toll like it can just be very heavy on 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 yourself and but uh, essentially every experience one i was very 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 big on open communication mm. and with my clients. So I was very big on, I love all feedback. I love positive, I love negative feedback or constructive criticism, constructive feedback. Like I need to know. So I was very big on that um, and wanting to hear the yes, wanting to hear the no. And I think that really helped me. But then also there would be times where I had to realize that you're not gonna satisfy every client. You're not going to do an A-plus job in every single thing you do, especially in your first year. Honestly, first two years. You're not going to be perfect at everything you do. And that is okay. You are a human. You're not a robot. And if it's your first time starting out, especially if it's your first time starting out, you're going to make mistakes. Mm. There was basically this big thing of okay once you make those mistakes how what are you going to do to learn from them how are you not going to make them the next time or if you do make them the next time you just really try to identify each scenario that went wrong like what is it you did wrong what happened was it you know what did you prioritize at that time was it a timely manner thing was it you know like did you i remember like with one client i my weakness is um copyright however mm-hmm. i was offering blogs and i still offer blogs blog management which basically i just create a blog for a client mm-hmm. um but it wasn't i wouldn't no i wouldn't say it's my weakness i would say it wasn't my strength so i could do it and i did it well but it wasn't my strength so i would have mm-hmm. miss um, spellings every now and then and i would i would go through that document or that blog like two or three times and i would use grammarly i don't know if you've used grammarly yeah i would go through that and it'd be like okay good i send it out and then she would find um some misspellings and i would be like oh my gosh how where this coming from like i swear i checked it and it got very repetitive so then um basically what it came down to like my goal was like okay my goal is now going to be to hire out a copywriter someone that's specializes Mm -hmm. in copywriting i want to add someone to my team that specializes to really elevate the experience for my clients so that's what i did i worked really hard and i set a budget aside so that way i could hire a copywriter and then um basically a year and a half later um I I added a virtual assistant to my team and then I added someone that uh, that specializes in copywriting so I can do the big picture and I could still write up the draft. But then I have multiple eyes on that actual copy to really, you know, deliver and give the best possible blog with no misspellings on the blog. So um, again, you really learn through the mistakes you made and it's still it's gonna go up and down there's gonna be highs and lows but uh just remind yourself that it's it it's okay if it's not perfect and it's okay that it make mistakes
0: yeah i could definitely what's the word attest to that because with my podcast episodes um the the first two i didn't really know what i was doing just because it's the first two and then the third one um I was, I was talking to her and then towards the end, I just like completely forgot my thought. And for me, like, that's one of like my biggest fears because I don't really have a bunch of conversations with people. So me starting a podcast is like, it's not like you could say my strength. So yeah. but I want to talk to other people who are, have like these amazing stories. Yeah. So when I was doing the podcast, I after it was done, I did not want to like see the episode because I have to edit that myself. So I was like, It probably took me, like, a day or two to actually, like, watch it and then edit it. But, yeah, like, those moments, like, really, like, your mind, like, really, like, hits you hard, like, or, like, punishes you, you could say. But I really had to, like, learn, like, it's okay. Like, you're going to make mistakes and all that. So, yeah, it's, like, really important to give yourself grace at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, that's very similar to kind of, it's it's a confidence build, like, and especially if it's something that's out of your comfort zone, and that's something that's new in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, you're, that means you're challenging yourself, so, challenging yourself. So one awesome job, you're challenging yourself, you're getting yourself out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. Two, six months from now, one year from now, you're gonna look back and be like, Oh my god, that was me like I, this is what I sounded like. And you're gonna sound mm-hmm. different, You sound completely different than yep. you did um from when your first 10 episodes and and then you're gonna look back and be like I'm so happy I did that even though I was uncomfortable or even though I was you know not at all perfect or Mm -hmm. had no idea what I was doing because now if I would have started now it would have been the same thing it's it's like you Mm -hmm. gotta do it now or else you're gonna look back and you're like why did I do this then or it's totally kind of that mindset game but that was another big thing is confidence my confidence was it it, I mean from someone that was so 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 shy growing up so shy and I think that really stemmed from uh being an immigrant and or Mm. first generation and coming to the United States not knowing anybody I just had like a really had a traumatic childhood I mean who didn't but also just it was a very um it was yeah it was a very interesting childhood and so during my elementary school years and middle school years, I was so, so shy, and I took that into high school a little bit. High school, it bloomed a little bit more, but then that always stuck with me, so I never thought that I could get this confidence or have this confidence. I didn't, didn't know that was even in me, but once I became a... Once I started my business, once I became an entrepreneur and and moved forward with that, and had these like groundbreaking moments, and had these learning experiences, and worked with other clients, I realized like I need to be the person. I need to be the person that leads. I need to be the person that speaks out. I need to set my boundaries, and you just build this confidence one after the other. And that's I feel like that been has been my biggest takeaway and something that I have. Absolutely loved from this whole journey of being a uh, business owner. I took that, especially taking that and going into content creation over this year. Like, I feel like if anything, that has been kind of the big seed is my confidence. Because if I had started a TikTok or content creation like a year ago or even two years ago, uh uh, no. I'm like, how am I going to get in front of the camera and talk to you more? Like, what am I doing like (laughs) like this no way but now I'm like I do not care (laughs) I'm like I'm gonna go that's so awesome
0: I I love like hearing these stories like your story everybody's story because it's like we were this person a few years back and and we grew up like or transformed into a person that we would have never imagined so for me I really have the same like similar story because I was also I was able a shy kid a quiet kid like yeah. conference comes, it's like, oh, your your daughter has to speak more, blah, 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 participate more. And even in high school too, it was until um probably like sophomore year where it was like my friend, I made friends because I didn't have friends for like freshman and sophomore year. And then yeah. um, sophomore year, second semester, you could say, I joined sports and that's where I started like getting out of my shell. But even after that, I, and then college came and then I had no friends again because my friends from high school didn't go to the same college. So I went, <laughs> I went back to being the shy kid and whatever, and then it's like it's not. It's been like a whole process of me trying to get out of my shell and all of that. But now starting my podcast is like I would have never imagined me talking to awesome people like you. Where it's like yeah. you could see, you can see the transformation. So yeah. yeah, it's really, really, really awesome. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> okay. Um, I have two. No, I have one question with the yeah. hiring. How was that experience for you? Because I know for many business um, owners or people who are starting their entrepreneurship, one of the difficult or hard, difficult things to do is hire people. So for you, how was that that process for you?
1: Yeah, um, on both sides. I mean, when I, I guess on the side of people hiring me as, you Mm -hmm. know, social media manager or social media marketing strategist, um, I have definitely evolved over the past two and a half years since when I started this at the very beginning, like I didn't have any proof to show of any social media management experience. I didn't have Mm. any proof to show of any blogs. So it was very much how is going to captivate them at the initial call, which is called the discovery call? Mm-hmm. Um, once they inquire, we do a discovery call, which is about a 20 30 minute call of them telling me what it is they need help with, and then me kind of telling them, like, okay, this is how I can help you, this is what I recommend, this is how many hours a week I would recommend you hire me on for. Mm-hmm. And since you know, I um you send them the contract, you send them a proposal and since you're doing freelancing, you know you can work with multiple businesses. but um, at the very beginning it was very much relied on that discovery call. And mm-hmm. I knew that every discovery call and every client was gonna be like my my biggest client yet because every single client was going to be an experience of me getting better at whatever tasks that I was performing and me having that actual experience. Because to be honest, you could, like I said, you could be, and you could have any experience in your job. Um, that's, and it will help you. Those skill sets will help you into, you know, the becoming a virtual assistant or a social media manager. However, um, a lot of it you're going to learn as you go a lot of it you're going to be watching youtube videos you're going to be doing some google research you're going to be you know watching it and doing it at the same time you're also going to be asking a lot of questions probably to your client client so it very much relied on that discovery call and how I would captivate them there how mm-hmm. we would connect and and, I, and it's really about that trust building too. So once you, they sign the contract and they sign the invoice, you build that trust and you build that trust through communication and you build that trust through the, how you're, w- what you're giving, you're giving your all to your, your, your work and the tasks that you're doing. So that was really the big thing in the beginning over time, I was able to now build a portfolio. So now I have clients and I have or I've had many clients and I have experience in social media management, I have client studies that I can share with them, I have past blogs that I can share with them. And that's kind of, I guess, replaces kind of that requirement, you know, in in a normal corporate job world, you you have your, your checkboxes of requirements. And um, that would kind of replace that essentially. So the inquiry, I send them over a proposal and in there has reviews. So once you have, you know, a client, you make sure you build that trust. And if you're ending it with a client, you always make sure you get a review. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot to what helped is me really trying to be active on my Instagram or whatever platform it is you're marketing yourself on. So at that time, because it was Instagram, I was really active on my stories and I was really, really active on my Instagram stories. So I can kind of showcase my personality through mm-hmm. that. Uh, and I had a lot of people connected me like, oh my gosh, I saw you really be active on stories. I was also really just trying to be active on any platform that was new because I knew I liked social media. so. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you. Right. I don't remember if you recall Clubhouse, or are familiar with Clubhouse. It was an app, mm-hmm. and it was kind of very similar to how podcasts, because it was basically you go live and you speak live in mm-hmm. front of whoever decides to join at that time. It's not recorded, so it's like once you speak live, that That's kind true. of seminar ends. But you can be like, I'm gonna host a Clubhouse on this day at this time join me and we can talk about all the topics and Mm -hmm. so I would host a lot of clubhouse lives and I again I remember um, or I would try to join them so if somebody else I knew was hosting that I was either a potential client that I wanted to work with or was in the industry because I was really focused on wedding industry Mm -hmm. they were hosting something and I was like okay I'm going to go in there and ask questions and just be really Mm -hmm. positive um, and getting myself out there. So that was really in the beginning, but again, later on now I have like, okay, these are my clients that have the past. Um, I, my, my client's post has gotten 14 million views, 18 million views, so forth. Like this is what I have to show. And, um, and then I've just really built my client experience, um, elevated my client experience with mm-hmm. past years. I would say on the other side of me hiring somebody because I, i'm familiar and was once in their shoes when either they first started their freelance Mm -hmm. journey um i felt like i probably have you know i can probably relate a little bit to what they're going through and i'm very much someone that if you work with me like i love to collaborate so i i love to share what i know Mm -hmm. and um and so it was really just based off of gut intuition whether I feel like this is going to be the right fit, and how the discovery call went, if I connect with them, and then also referrals—if somebody referred me to somebody that, hey, mm-hmm. I, when I was needing a copywriter, I actually got that referred to me from um, someone who, uh, one of the co-coaches from, from with Jessica's program. And she had used this copywriter. She had spoke highly of her. And I was like, I need that. I specifically need that. So I reached out to her and we got on a call and it went great. And so I based a lot of it on intuition. You know, if I can feel, obviously you can't see that work ethic in the beginning, but you can really tell uh, through a call if it's going to be a connection and then you because it's you know um freelance work if it's like a month-to-month basis or like a Mm three-month contract it's like hey we'll test this out see how it goes um but for me it's not really about and i think a lot of corporations or um, businesses are basing this off it's not just about like what degree you got or it's not even about what degree you got Mm -hmm. or you know what's on paper it's about what you can put on um what how you're presenting what your work at like how you're showcasing that not like that you got a degree mm-hmm. specifically with like my my field social media management i would say
0: yeah that's actually interesting because i was reading this book um called quiet something 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 by susan something and um and she was talking about um how we live in this culture of personality so that's where like we care what other people think about us. And mm-hmm. she was talking about in this chapter where um I think it was Harvard like those like high Ivy Ivy yeah. colleges where they see your resume and they want you to do like a lot of extracurricular activities. But she was saying how that's just us caring about what this institution specifically um wants from us. So it's not supposed to be like that cuz not everybody wants to do all these extra cur- curricular activities like someone was just wants to focus on doing something specifically and expand yeah. their experience and that so yeah i thought like that was pretty interesting i really recommend that book i still need to finish it though but the first few yeah. chapters is like
1: it's a lot of information good information yeah. if it's on audiobook i'm on it
0: <laughs> um, i think i think it's on youtube actually so i think but the the voice there it's not that the best so let yeah. me check audible um I, I was gonna ask you a question of we talked about hiring and then i want to ask you a question about pricing yeah. because and that's another um difficult thing where a lot of especially like as as beginners um entering entrepreneurship and all of that we yeah. tend to price ourselves like very low so for yeah. you how was that experience of, and how have
1: you like yeah. increased
0: your prices and all of that
1: yeah yeah that that kind of ties into that confidence build yeah. and not double guessing yourself and questioning yourself which I still do to this day, even two and a half mm-hmm. years later, because it'll mark, it'll be marked three years of doing this in end of August. Oh. So it's weird that it's already been this long, but also it also feels like it hasn't been that long. Um, but uh, I was very fortunate to, again, have that mentorship with Jessica. At um, the time that she went viral in the middle of August, um, she had been doing like one-on-one calls. And I think I was like one of her last one-on-one calls. That was like the very, I like the cheapest price possible because, you know, um, because then she was like really high in demand and then she raised her prices, um, understandably. And so I had that call with her and that was like, one of the, I'm like, how do I price this all what I do? Um, And she was like, you don't price yourself any lower than $25 an hour. It starts at about $30 an hour and Mm -hmm um so don't price yourself she's like actually don't price yourself 30 less than 30 an hour especially with the type of experience that you have mm-hmm. i was like okay 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 and i said okay and then i priced myself at 25 an hour <laughs> totally underpriced because i was so scared i was so scared because by that time the being a flight attendant um i i was getting paid 18 an hour and prior to that and that was my highest pay rate and then prior to that i was um the jobs I had paid like $15 an hour at most. That was normal. Like that's, you know, that was minimum wage or, or, a little bit, kind of, or above a minimum wage.
0: And that's kind of what we're used to. I mean, at least in my family, my yeah. cousin's the only one who's had like a $30 an hour salary, yeah. like a minimum hour thing.
1: Yeah. So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm yeah, very used to it. And that was, that's one big thing is you're, you get comfortable in, and not, not just what you're told, but like kind of what you're set up to be. So because you don't have this X, Y, and Z, because you don't have this degree, because you don't have uh this amount of experience that you're not allowed to be priced at you're you're not worth to be priced at thirty dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. So that was my mindset because that's what I was programmed in society to be. Mm-hmm. And because I didn't have a bachelor's degree and um, and I remember getting $19 an hour the slide and I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, and then I'm going to get $30 an hour and then I'm going to get $40 an hour over the span of 15 years because that is the higher seniority, the higher the rate, but it's literally over like 15 years to get a higher wage um and this is specifically for regional by the way because i know um when you're with m- the main airlines uh they're ha- priced higher but regional mm. is like starts at like 18 an hour so so then basically i uh, yeah i was i was like okay i'm gonna start myself $25 an hour and then i got my first client my first two clients were at $25 an hour and i priced myself that way so then i was like okay so then after a couple months i was like or after i think like the by the third client that was like two months later i was like okay i'm very comfortable at this i i see like the i see the the you know the pricing myself to the workload I'm doing. So I'm going to price myself at $30 an hour. And so then I did, and then I started, I started becoming more confident in raising my prices as not just as I was getting booked out because it's not just like, Oh, the more clients you get, the more, Mm -hmm. the higher you go. It's about the experience and it's about how you're delivering your, your work. It's about how you're setting your, um, your own, uh, like your what you, your project management um, how you're delivering your your tasks so it was based off many different things on top of um, on top of the amount of inquiries you're getting and the amount of people that you're you're saying yes to so um, there was different elements to how I was able to price myself different reasons how I'm able to price myself higher but then I got to the point where I was like, okay now I'm going to price myself um, $50 an hour and and I did and I got my client so I really built that up and um, now I don't base it off that because with social media management it's really hard to base it off hourly rates you do mm-hmm. it packages and you just do um you don't even say the hours you just give them like um deliverables and you give them like this package includes like this many posts a month and then this Mm -hmm. is what it costs a month or every four weeks so that's kind of how it's uh evolved into that but at the very beginning yeah don't start at any third don't start at lower than $30 an hour because like I did because it's not worth it <laughs> yeah
0: it's and it's important like um to kind of like be transparent you can say with like with what you're earning just because like you said 25 dollars is too little like at least at least 30 but if you can do more if you yeah. feel confident so yeah that's like really important so now yeah. that we're talking about money because money is like one of my favorite topics Love let's it. go with two um how's your relationship with money evolved like personally and then with your business too 'Cause managing, limiting beliefs, all of that really influences on how you manage your money. So how is yeah. that journey for you?
1: Yeah, it, it really changes your mindset and how you look about money when you start making more money. Um, the way you start normalizing things and like the um the number that you're hitting a month. One really big thing about that is in the, I don't know if it's still really continuous, but in the very beginning with the online space, um, there is like a really big focus on hitting six figures or say hitting mm-hmm. um like um getting five figure months or hitting take ten K months. That was like the big thing. Like you've made it if you hit 10 K months. Realistically that's that's not true. <laughs> um Ray, we if you hit 10 K months, amazing. However, everyone's in a different position in how in and how they can start their business, and just because you're not hitting take just because you're hitting, you're not hitting taking months does not mean that you're not a successful business owner. Um, success could come in many different ways and forms. Success can come in you um, helping your client get X amount of. Um, deals or our x amount of inquiries um it can come in you now having the freedom to uh schedule yourself um you know a a therapy appointment in the middle of the day or take your dog on a walk and not be stressed out like success can come in so many different ways and you having that work-life balance it does not just revolve around hitting 10k months so that was something that i had to kind of unlearn over the time because when you're in that online space and you're seeing that number and you're, you know, comparing yourself to other people and what they're making. It can definitely be a limited belief and it can definitely hinder you from moving forward Mm -hmm. or just play with your mind a little bit, even though you're doing really great, but because you're not hitting ticking months, you're not doing amazing. So that was like one really big thing that I had to um, just really focus on and work on Um, over time my i'm so thankful my husband loves numbers and is a big finance person i am not a finance person by means like whatsoever i have always struggled with getting my finances checked just full transparency here i've always fine struggled um you know just budgeting and things like that so being an entrepreneur and owning my own business really put my gears into check and had me do monthly budgets um, Mm -hmm. or sometimes even biweekly budgets. And because it's, you're taking out, um, for example, i from the very beginning i've created the habit of taking 25 to 30 percent of every invoice that i got and putting that aside into a savings called taxes because at the end of the year or when you do your taxes if you're getting you know you have to pay a certain amount or say you have to pay like ten thousand dollars or how much ever taxes and you're not like what where how am i supposed to come up with this money no I've created that habit and that's really what it came down to with money is creating habits and healthy habits that's going to help you just be at ease financially um, and handle, you know, your QuickBooks self-employed and handle hiring on people or say if you um, don't have a client one month Mm then what do you, you know, but you expected to have a client, but they last minute were like, oh, I'm sorry, we can't work together or I had something come up. That's okay. The good thing I have my savings in check because that's going to replace that. Mm -hmm. So I really, really, really helped me get into years with creating just a bit of a healthier uh, relationship with money and just getting my finance check. But again, I had my husband that really helped me figure that out because he's such a numbers person. So he helped me figure out budgets and get some Excel worksheets going with that. Um, But that was also my big motivator in the beginning is making, getting that quote unquote financial freedom. So that was my big motivator to also when I had started in August and I was like, okay, I want this amount of clients by December. What do I do, or I'm sorry, I want, I need to make this amount of money by December to be able to supplement my current income and more. What do I need to do together? Okay, I need to have this amount of clients each month, and I need to be making this amount. So I need to be working this amount of hours. I need to save this much money. I need to also put back money that I've already spent because... Co- investing in coaching, investing in um tools and you know, the things that you're learning is takes money. So I had spent I think like three thousand dollars something on coaching and then I had spent a packet, I about like a thirty dollar how to do things packet. I mm-hmm. invested in something else. I forgot that was like a hundred dollars. I was okay like, hey, before I pay myself, I'm gonna put money back into that from there, I'm going to along with the 25% so I really didn't pay myself for the first like half of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, I focused on getting my finances checked, getting my savings, making sure I was supplementing what I was already making, putting um, together my you know, my tax fund, my taxes fund is what I called it. um, Before I can be like, okay, now I can confidently leave my corporate job. So that way, If any, knowingly that is say next month, I have a client that I'm not working with anymore unexpectedly, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be safe financially. Um, I have grown up working like two to three jobs at the same time since I can remember. Uh, So I'm very comfortable in that kind of um, go, go, go. Hustle mentality. Yeah, that kind of hustle mentality. It's a love and hate relationship because, you know, you need to learn to slow down. It's not the healthiest thing to kind of be in that hustle mentality, but it did help me growing up. And again, I get a lot of my work ethic from my family members and my grandparents and who immigrated here first. And then my mom, who was a single mom taking care of us three kids. And so, um a lot of that kind of working multiple jobs at the same time, I was very comfortable with that. And so I feel like that also did help me get to the savings and the financial space that I wanted to by the time I had left my corporate job. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to now, um, I have My husband and I are very proud of, you know, what we've built thus far. We have um, just moved into this house that we bought in August and we, our first big investment um, was going to be our wedding, (laughs) but because of COVID, we uh, had to postpone the wedding and it was Mm -hmm. actually very much a blessing in disguise because we took that money and invested it into a duplex. Oh, wow and then that duplex um we rented lived on one side rented out the other we renovated the side that we were on and now we just listed it for rent so now we're gonna mm. so now we basically have two units that we're gonna get income from um and then this unit we have currently our plan is to airbnb this unit by the end of the year so That's awesome if there's a lot of decisions you know being made and um, at the same time you also want to have fun like i, I like to have fun <laughs> and I like to shop <laughs> how um
0: how have you learned because real estate investing is not like easy peasy so what resources have you used to learn about real estate investing and not get stuck in that analysis paralysis
1: yeah my husband was really always into um had always listened to some audiobooks and just are are always been interested or intrigued by kind of the real estate space mm-hmm. And um, kind of the biggest motivator was, again, when we had saved up all this money for our wedding and then it was 2021. And then because of COVID, COVID we had to postpone our wedding. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when we found, we thought we were gonna get like, we didn't realize we were gonna get a duplex at first. Like, hey, we're gonna get a house. Like, let's just get a house. We're gonna find a home that we wanna live in. And then we're like, wait, what about a duplex? what about a duplex? Like, why don't we just do kind of an investment home? And I'm like, you know, I'm down to do an investment home. Cause I don't know if I want to live in Eugene forever. And, mm. um, and if we have the money and we can make it work, like I would be down, it would be kind of weird to manage, but we were lucky to find the duplex that we did. And, when we bought our house was literally like the month before um, the market had that really big mm-hmm. spike in interest rates and homes like doubling their prices. Like it, it was I don't know if it's luck or if it's timing, but it was like literally the month before. So then we had we signed the house. We got we we got the duplex a month later um the real estate market just went crazy and we're like oh my gosh like we 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 almost were in a <laughs> mess um a situation but basically what we had to do is we you know saved up again for our wedding um we knew we had to like we it was going to be a wedding or it was going to be a year out anyway so we're like hey we're going to save again and then at the same time um we're going to renovate the house that we're living in and my uncle was actually our real estate. Um, yeah. Was our, um, our real estate person. Um, why am are I agent? I, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I forget English sometimes. <laughs> no, see. Uh, uh, he was a real estate agent. And so he kind of helped us to kind of guide, get us through the whole process. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you guys are making the best possible decision, um, getting a duplex. So basically it's kind of like, I kind of, um, I've never had tattoos, but I kind of phrase it or give the example of like, when you get one to two, you want to get, more. people are always like, more. Wanting more. um, it's kind of like that. It's like, once you get a house, you're like, Oh my God, you can't I stop. More. Yeah. Especially if it's like a duplex kind of investment house, you're like, Oh my God, I, I want to get more. And so we were pretty committed to like, okay, let's set aside savings for the next house. And, um, and so we did that. and then, two years later, we were able to buy our second home. Um, so it's definitely podcast, some books, my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you kind of just get in like a black hole of learning a lot of things,
0: yeah, yeah, that's like really, really important, especially with real estate, where there's like sometimes there could be like, um there's so much information and so many ways you could do real estate investing. I know for us, my my family was able to buy a house too in Connecticut. So yeah. the first thing, our main thing was um to buy a duplex so we could like kind of like house hack, especially uh, especially because we're also a big family. So it's either we house hack, one of us comes and lives here, or we one one family comes and then we rent the other apartment. But yeah, that's definitely an important thing to do. Yeah. Um, how about your per no? Let's go with like limiting beliefs. Like what was during this journey? What were some specific limiting beliefs about money that you had that you realized you had and now you've like changed to like a more abundance mindset
1: yeah um i mean kind of the biggest one was my worth uh because of what i had uh Mm -hmm. the experience i had in the past and because i had only gotten my associate's degree and i just realized uh, i i do love learning i i generally do love learning but i Mm -hmm. just knew that school wasn't for me so when i got my associates in business and then i decided not to move forward in finishing a bachelor's i had two years left and i was like Mm -hmm. just I, i can't do it like i feel like i'm wasting money because i don't know what i'm doing i'm not putting any effort to it and so i was very much in the mindset of like oh my gosh i'm not worth getting a vouchers. I'm not worth getting paid a salary. I'd never Mm -hmm. gotten a salary. Um, I'm not worth getting, you know, benefits. And so, um, I had been used to for so long, just being admin, being a receptionist. That's what I felt that I had. That was like my success, um, story or I thought it had finished there and I was good at it. It was great. But when I, I like very vividly remember sitting in, um, I was a receptionist at a medical, um, a med spa, slash um, eye doctor. (laughs) It was like both. And my desk was basically like a cubicle and it had no windows for me to get like, see any windows. I had to just step outside and like look out the big all windows um but like my desk was just like in a corner and it was cozy but it was not for me at that point is when i realized i was like dreading going to work Mm -hmm. and then i was like waiting until my 15 minute break that i can get a sigh of relief and i remember just leaving work and be like i don't want to come here i don't i i dread doing this every day like I honestly, I want to quit. I want to quit. I said I wanted to quit like every single day. like, I'm going to quit tomorrow. I'm going to quit tomorrow. I never did. And um, and I even at that time had, because um, of the med spa, I had um, like they would give us, you know, discounts and mm-hmm. I would get like uh, facials for free or this for like $5. And none of that motivated me. Like I was not even about any of that. So it's just about me not wanting to be in a cubicle. And that's when I realized like that nine to five, eight to five job is just not for me Mm -hmm. and and it it, yeah so that was kind of like the big big determination of like okay if that's not for you and you know that's not for you then how are you, you what do you do to change it and so for me that's kind of like the big motivators yeah
0: yeah, I think that's a really important, especially know your, knowing your worth and trying to figure that out. Because I, I've mentioned this in like previous episodes, where like money is energy, so it's like really important for you to feel like you deserve it. Because mm-hmm. if not, there was like another video where I watched where he says like money treat money as if it was like an important person in your life. So if you say, oh, I don't deserve to be your friend, then the money is gonna be like, okay, bye, I'm gonna go some, I'm gonna go somewhere else. So right. it's really, really important to notice those things and say like no I do deserve it. like money flows comes and flows to
1: me like all of those. Yeah. Have, do you have any affirmations that you use? Do you use affirmations? Well, <laughs> as an going ask, does your family um also have kind of that I don't I I'm not i am not gonna I, you could call an affirmation but like what you don't put your purse on the floor or else mm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> money's not gonna come. <laughs> they wanna, not that yeah. uh if you put your Person on the floor, so that I never put my personal floor like and my husband's like, What are you talking about? I'm like, <laughs> put my personal floor, I'm going to lose my money. <laughs> Superstitions, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like a similar thing to me is like, you know, like, um, I very much try to um with money it, yeah. and I I tell my husband, I'm like, Don't worry about it. It's gonna be okay. Like, I'm very confident in mm-hmm what's to come. Even though if I don't have it or if it's not if like say I have to pay something for next month and I don't have it by any means. Um, I very much I'm really big on manifestation, but I'm also very much on like what I put out there is coming back to me. So mm-hmm. pretty much a manifestation. Manif- <laughs> um but I'm very much like it's okay. I'm not gonna spend the time worrying about it. I'm gonna be proactive and getting, mm-hmm. you know, meaning what I need to do to get the money and I'm not saying it's going to come out of thin air however I'm also not going to like stress or look at it in a negative way or or think that um for example right now um we're getting a harsh we just listed the other side of the duplex and I understand like we are paying two mortgages it's a big deal um so my husband is a little more on the stress of like we need to get the house like it's not going to get rented like it's been out a week what's going on I'm like it's going to get rented no problem and I'm like we're going to list it at the highest possible price that they can be at if we need to list it a little bit lower that's okay but it's going to get rented and by next month we're going to see this income at this um you know at this pace like it's going to be okay so a lot of self-talk goes through that a lot of like changing that mindset to like yes, it's coming to you rather than like, is it coming to me?
0: Yeah, putting it in a question.
1: Yeah, am I questioning it or, or wondering where it is? Like, no, it's going to be there. It's coming. We're going to make it happen. Um, doing what you need to do to be proactive to make it happen. But also just, yeah, not having that negative and that kind of questioning mindset towards it. Because I think that has always, always helped me. And my husband, too, is always like, I don't know how you do it but you get it done <laughs> like he's like i don't know like what it is about you but i'm like i'm just that's i'm really big on that like i'm just really big on um getting yourself just mentally in the right headspace when it comes to money because if you don't it's just gonna drain you it's going mm-hmm. to completely affect your mood it's going to affect your mental health it's going to affect. Um, how the week goes, how the month goes, and it can affect your productivity. Um, Rather, if you have more of like a healthy, if you have more of a healthy mindset with money and more of a healthy relationship with money, uh, it's, you're you're treating it more as like, you're allowing it to, you're welcoming it, you're allowing Mm -hmm. it to come into your house and come into your space. Um, And you're saying that you have those fortunes rather than questioning if you have those fortunes. It's going to, it really, really makes a big difference. And at least it has in my experience.
0: Yeah. And that's like the whole point of manifestation. Like people think, oh yeah, just think about it, think about it. But it's like what you said, it's thinking about, sorry, there's like noise outside. <laughs> Hopefully nobody heard you that. Did. But um, yeah, it's manifestation. So it's being proactive with, with what you're doing, not just thinking about it. Because like, there's like this book, um, The Secret, like there's a lot of backlash because the it's like, okay, yeah, think about it, think about it. But yeah. people don't know that that's, like, like, just one part of it. There's, yeah. like, um, I I forgot about the names, but it's, like, you really have to put an intention behind it. And yes. you got to be proactive about it. Like, you can't just, like, wish it. So it's, like, okay, what can I do today to do this, this, and that? And even, like, it will be, like, doing physical stuff, but also, like, your mindset. Like, okay, am I thinking something about money that it's influencing? Like, how your husband was saying, like, uh, or you were saying how... He like stresses about like oh is it gonna be is it gonna sell or um being being able to rent it out. It's like okay he in this example he like have to like calm down and think about and then redirect his thought and change it to like okay yeah I'm the house is gonna rent out by this time I like and be like what's the word adamant like yeah.
1: yeah just be confident and confident that, that it's gonna come yeah gonna come and that it's it's there or that it's already it's there. already there yes that's key actually yeah exactly the text, f-
0: the wording is everything yes it really is there's like a, a manifestation technique i guess it's a technique or a script yeah. thing where yeah. you have to write down as if that event already happened so yeah. i've been trying to do that but i started like in the beginning of the of the year but yeah. i've been like going down but i need to go back to so, because there's like some things where i wrote like starting the podcast like interviewing as a woman like all of that and like events yeah. so yeah definitely i recommend scripting that's yeah. gonna something i'm gonna be do you have any manifestation techniques that oh
1: my gosh i have manifested <laughs> my whole life i <laughs> hate you not um and honestly i i gave up not gave up i like put away those like thoughts of like oh people think it's like woo woo or it's like not real like Honestly, I give zero F- F- about <laughs> any of that because I know what I have lived in, with my life, and it also kind of ties into. I grew up; my family grew up really, were just very Catholic, very Latino mm-hmm. Catholic. Um, I never fully aligned with with the religion Catholic, yeah. but I did align with some of the things, and you know, believing in a greater power and um, and how it brought us together and having that hope and so I had struggled for the longest time come my mid especially my mid up to my mid-20s I'm like okay what do I believe in what do I not believe in and I think that kind of um helped me like doing questioning that kind of going through that kind of self-work of like okay what do I really believe in what am I putting my energy towards um what's my mindset like you know, am I Catholic? Am I not Catholic? Mm-hmm. What is going on? Um so when I realize that I'm like, okay, I'm definitely more religious than I I'm sorry, I'm definitely more spiritual <laughs> than mm-hmm. I am religious um is when I had this like big aha moment like oh my gosh I am definitely more serious like this Mm -hmm. is what I feel more aligned with this is what speaks true to me this is um energetically like this is just what I feel in my soul and my heart um these types of practices and these types of um mindsets and beliefs like this is what aligns more with me so I made that shift I would say more so in my mid-20s I would say early mid-20s um of becoming just practicing spirituality more um and then I think it was for my 25th birthday I did a retreat um like a woman's retreat for my birthday Mm -hmm. and that was a really really awesome retreat um and we focused on meditation we focused on journaling we did some mood boards um and it was like local it was up in Portland in Eugene so it's just two hours away Mm -hmm. I spent the weekend with these women and the food was all vegan um and it was so delicious and it for me was just like a very like eye-opening experience we also had a little photo shoot like one of the people that put it on she was she's a photographer so she mm-hmm. did photo shoots for us and like kind of just you know helping confident helping ourselves in our own skin and basically over the time that I evolved and just opening myself up to my spirit my spirituality practices um i have found that i found different practices or sorry different like habits and different mm-hmm. Um, Manifestations and different um, things that I just do on a day-to-day basis or a month-to-month basis and a week-to-week basis that has helped me just feel more aligned so um, and also has helped me manifest what I what I have now Um, so one huge example was being a flight attendant because I had been wanting to do it for so long like it was anyone that knew me knew what is my dream life to be a flight attendant. So leading up to it uh like the year prior to me getting my first interview I had watched I finally was like okay I'm just going to do it I'm going to I'm going to do all this research and I'm going to figure it out And so I would watch YouTube videos back to back Mm -hmm. of flight attendants that were either vlogging or like how to how to become a flight attendant, how to um, do Delta interviews, how to do interviews for United, how to do interviews for American. I would follow as many flight attendants as I can possible. So I would have them basically constantly in my face, like just around Mm -hmm. me, like basically already building that persona as if I was a flight attendant, because I would just be invested in watching and surrounding myself with all things flight attendant. Mm-hmm. And I I think I had wrote in like a journal at one time too about like being a flight attendant. And so within that year, I did so much of that, like so much research and surrounding myself. And then a year later I had got my first interview and that was a really big deal because it was really hard to get an interview, especially at that time. It's really hard to get, um, or to, yeah, to nail down like interview because one, flight or airlines aren't, we're not always hiring. Like mm-hmm. it was like kind of like a lottery system if they were hiring and you're probably having, having hundreds and hundreds of people applying and, um, yeah it was like very much like oh my god I had my first interview and then I spent hours trying to prep for it I went and got like um a Fenty red lipstick for it (laughs) like I made sure I got a blazer because it was all video too like video Mm. um interviews and the first like the first three interviews are like all video interviews so I got like a blazer to like make sure I'm I'm like nice yeah like really presentable and blah 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 um and I think in my first interview, I don't, I didn't do well. <laughs> I was so, so nervous, so nervous that I stuttered. I like didn't know the answer to the question. Um, and the type of format, interview format they use, I'm already forgetting what it's called. It's like specific format. Um, but they like basically like it's like it's not easy. It's a, it's a pretty intense interview process. Um but then after that I got my second uh like possible interview with a different airline mm, okay. uh, So then after that I think I had three so I interviewed with Delta American and then I regional one the regional one is Skywest and mm. the Skywest was the one in person so I was able to go in in person and by the Skywest it was the third time so I felt mm. much more comfortable and um and it was, I, it, I was easier than the other ones, but I had, again, already practiced. Like they basically asked a lot of them, asked the same questions, mm-hmm. uh, whether they were hard or not, they were just similar questions. So I knew, and there were a lot of like scenario based questions. Mm-hmm. So they're like, what would you do if you, um, if, you know, a, if a passenger was having a heart attack and, um. Mm-hmm um what would you do in that scenario like would you go to your flight attendant would you call the captain like and then you mm-hmm. want to make sure the right question and not the wrong question so are like and at the time like I don't know what I would do because I'm not a flight attendant in my head um but basically I fully feel like I manifested my job as a flight attendant because then I did it and then COVID but then um after that too like the house we live in now, we had, I just spoke to my husband, um, the year before we decided we we're going to get another house mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, I know I want a house that has a pool. Um, and I'm, I know I'm going to have a house that has a pool one day and he's like, ha, 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 yeah, you're right. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, no, I know. I know. I know we're going <laughs> to have a house that has a pool one day. He goes, what kind of pool? I'm like an Ingram pool. It's going to be really cute. And it's going to be kind of like this Spanish style backyard. Like it's going to be pretty. We're going to set it up he's like maybe one day honey maybe sort of thing and i'm like okay yeah sure and then fast forward to when we we're looking for a house and um by no means were we looking a house with a pool we were just looking for um a, an investment home we knew it wasn't like for our home but then we saw this house and this house had like arch um like some archway, uh, arch hallways. Like it had beautiful, it had two living rooms, beautiful space. Um, it was definitely a uh, uh, something that needed renovation. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. like, it was a nineties house. And, but when I went inside of it, I'm learned with houses too. I need to see the big picture rather than like judge it by what it looks like it more mm-hmm. so kind of see the big picture of like the layout because i'm like okay a paint goes long way new floors go a long way mm-hmm. new lighting new light fixture goes a long way so for me it was just like the layout um and the location was perfect it was five minutes from where we already were at and we love this part of town and then we went in the backyard and we're like oh my gosh it has a pool and it's in our price range oh like a little bit of a price range but i'm like it has a pool and it has a hot tub i'm like and it's rare for eugene too to have those like not rare but like for like a general i mean more so on the more expensive side homes really Mm -hmm. like it's not people don't really have pools here because one it rains the majority time of the year Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's maintenance but also we were on the hills and I was like, oh my God, this is definitely, I'm like, honey, we need to get this house. Like, we're going to get this house. And at the same time, I was like, okay, I'm not going to be, get my heart set up, you know, if it's not going to, but I'm like, I think we're going to get this. Um, But yeah, I fully, I'm like, honey, I fully manifested that, like fully manifested it. Yeah, and, and
0: literally like how we, when you were giving these two examples, like the whole point of man, like to do manifestation is that you got to be really, really clear on what you want. Like be as specific as possible I and mean, that's what you did. You say, you, I want this type of pool, blah, 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 blah. And then the flight attendant, I want this type of job, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. you really got to be specific. And then the second is like immerse yourself. So you did your whole research on, on flight attendants, how to get a job, interviews, all of that. And the same thing with the house. So it's really, um, and then being proactive too. Of like, okay, I need to go. Obviously I'm not, a house is not going to come to me. So I got to go and exactly. do my research and all of that. So, it's a a lot of factors that go into manifestation, but at the end of the day you really got to align to like what you want to manifest. So that's really yeah. really important.
1: Yeah, that clarity and that having the specifics and like you said immersing yourself, I think that's a really really big one because it, again, it doesn't just come from thin air. We're not talking about like you mm-hmm. oh, appear out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um there is some work to manifestation. Like it, it it's a give and take thing. It's not just a take thing. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely you want to put your efforts out there too so yeah
0: that's so um, true we're yeah. almost in the time limit or you can yeah. almost towards the end i can't i'm, I'm like seeing the time as i go like, oh, okay <laughs> but um before we end i want to ask you the last question so it's what are your top three if you have more please share yeah. but what are your top three ac- accomplishments where Carolina from like maybe a few years ago wouldn't have believed that you achieved so Tell yeah. three and we have more, please share.
1: Yeah, it's so crazy to kind of think about one just over my different career paths over the last like decade and, um, and everything I've accomplished thus far um, because we came and I really try to, you know, stay humble about this and remember, um, I'll never forget like, you know, where we came from and immigrating from, Peru and um living in a house when I was six years old with all my family members including my aunts and uncles like we lived in a house in a three-bedroom house with I would say probably like 15 people and that's and I mean thankfully all my family are so so very close but you know it was definitely like those days were building us up to and setting that foundation to our work ethic and to mm-hmm. and motivating us to like being able to, to get what we have today. So I think one of my, I feel like one of my biggest accomplishments, um, one is kind of just my inner work and the confidence that I have built over time. Um, I feel like that I really need to acknowledge kind of and celebrate myself in that sense because, I, like I said, not only was I just so shy, but, um, I think my, sh- my shyness just really stemmed from not knowing, m- m- not knowing my identity, like not really being able to, um, I was trying to identify as, you know, I, w- I was obviously Latina. I, am Latina. I was born in Peru and I came here to the United States when I was six years old, but when I came to the United States and I, um, joined second grade i had been trying to adapt to a completely new lifestyle and trying to fit in into into this new society and this new world and this new language mm. and and that really was just such a big experience that i'll never ever forget because i remember my my brothers and i we would go into uh different stores and we would hear people speak a language, but we didn't know what it was. So then, but we wanted to fit in. So we mm. would speak our own language and it was literally just like, <laughs> it wasn't a language. It was just <laughs> blabbing things and speaking gibberish. That's what we were speaking, speaking mm. gibberish. But we were speaking gibberish because we thought we were fitting in to other people speaking a different language. Um, and yeah, and it was just very much this experience of, um, trying to figure out who, who I really am, um, as a Latina immigrant and, um, and then also, you know, adapting to culture and, and society here. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I feel like that really took a toll on my confidence and that really took a toll on me being able to express myself and being myself in front of people, um, And so I would always kind of be in the background and not want to be the center of attention. And, um, or I would be scared to answer questions, even in class, because am I gonna say the right thing? Um, So that really took a toll on myself, but now having the confidence that I do now, it's honestly like, um, 10 year old me would be so, so proud and be like, who are you? Like, my God, go hide behind the (laughs) curtain. Um, but I think that would be one of my biggest, biggest things. Um, I definitely think my second accomplishment would be, um, what my husband and I have built with, um, from the hard work we have put in over the past decade. So my husband and I have actually been together for like 10 years. (laughs) Um, we are technically high school sweethearts, but- He was in high school. I wasn't. I was two years older than him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, I, we met since he was 16, I was 18. Um, and we, so, I mean, we broke up a couple times, but because as you do when you grow up and you go, he went to college and mm-hmm. we were kids and we didn't know what we wanted. Um, but then we rekindled about like seven years ago, six, seven years ago. And then, um, He has, he very much has like the work ethic of what my family has taught me. And we, we went from living in a, gosh, I think it was like 700 square foot apartment, like maybe actually like 650 square apartment. And we were paying like $700 a month um, for a one bedroom, like small, like we had our kitchen was so small, our bedroom, and then we had our living room and that's it and we were so happy there we were so happy to like have this little place that's our own um and we made it cute um and then prior to that we had we had a different house that was like um very much a 70s house like red shack carpet like big tub with like mirrors all around it like and again rent was so cheap but And it wasn't in the safest part of the neighborhood, Mm -hmm. but we had, we did that. We like, we were like, Hey, we're going to do this. Like, it's Mm going to be great. And we were so happy. And, um, and he did his entrepreneurship too. Um, he was, um, kind of did some entrepreneur stuff on before he got his current job, um, at PAC tech. And I was like cheering him on the sidelines, like, yeah, go like (laughs) build that wood thing that you were doing. Like, I (laughs) love it. And, um, And yeah, I mean, we just, we, we went through a lot of highs and lows and had put in a lot of work into, um, over the decade of our time together. And, um, now to, to be in this home with our beautiful, um, with our beautiful dog and to like have be a little family of three and be investors in real estates and wanting to do more. Like we have the goals to want more um more houses and and really build a life from that and i think that's just another accomplishment because um because it really comes down to like we could be in that 600 square foot and be so happy and and be so in love and just be so part of ourselves the same as we are living in this you know in this beautiful home as well so i think that we'll always always keep with that like that kind of attitude will always keep Mm -hmm. with us um i don't know what their accomplishment would be
0: it could be personal or like in your business too
1: yeah i with my business um i guess that that would that would be kind of the business side of thing or kind of like the creative side of things Mm -hmm. for me that would be another big accomplishment because um having started that venture if it weren't for that venture i would not have um one, I would not have the flexibility and the lifestyle that I do now because I love to work from home and I I, um, am able to kind of just um, have more time for myself, have more time for my mental health, um, have more time for my family and on top of that, I would not have started TikTok and started content creation on TikTok if it weren't from that venture. So it was definitely mm-hmm. a domino effect to starting that venture business to where it is now. Um, and so now where I'm at, like now I have even bigger goals of like, okay, now I have my my social media management business where I can take that. And then now I'm doing content creation and um and making that space now more um. Uh, more exclusive and sorry. <laughs> um, and making that space just more available to to people you know where I come from. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I think that's probably another big accomplishment is just starting a new venture in the social media as an entrepreneurship and then seeing where that kind of goes moving forward.
0: Yeah, because there's like, it was like content creations, there's so much potential, there's like affiliate marketing, there's like coaching, and then um, yeah. so many, so many stuff that I'm also like trying to go into. Um, but yeah, so I want to thank you, Carolina, for being <laughs> here. Like, this was such an awesome conversation. I love talking about money and manifestation. So yeah. I, I, was, I was really glad we were able to talk about manifestation for a bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, thank you so much. Uh, can you share your social media handles for those who want to go check you out and and the Working, yeah,
1: are. yeah, I would love to. Yeah, also, I meant to say inclusive, not exclusive inclusive. <laughs> I was like, wait, no, we're, no, we're not going down the road. I want to. I definitely say more inclusive, um, and making, yeah, the online space more inclusive. But you can find me at Carolina uh, del Pilar actually sorry carolina h-o-a-r perez or perez
0: mm-hmm. And it's
1: just kind of my, all my general profiles with on TikTok and and my instagram mm-hmm. and then my business is uh it's carolina del pilar it's carolina mm-hmm. pilar. Um and that's also on TikTok and instagram
0: oh it's... thank you so much <laughs> yeah i'll definitely leave your social media handles on the description and uh, yeah thank you and then for those who are listening don't forget to give us a review and any podcast platform that you listen to and if you're watching this on youtube don't forget to subscribe like comment share all that it really supports the podcast and
1: again Carolina, thank you so much thank you so much andrew you've been amazing
0: On Metal Podcast and Associated Entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liabilities with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes and explicits an understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.